morning. My name is Brian. I am excited this morning to get to speak to you, to get to share with you from the Word of God. And if you've noticed, normally we start with worship and then we do our message, but we wanted to change things up a little bit, mainly because I thought if I'm speaking on anxiety, I wanted to create just a little bit right now, just to make sure that my message landed, that I was talking to a group of people who were like, I came in here for worship first, Brian, we do worship first. I don't know what you're doing, we do worship first. Well, now that we're all anxious, perfect. No, honestly, you'll get it, you'll understand here at the, at the end of my message why we are um, changing things up just a little bit. But this morning, I wanna talk about something that I would call is an epidemic. It's an epidemic in our world, and, and it's not that we're any different in the world when it comes to how many people in this body in churches across America, just people that we know are just filled with anxiety, filled with worry, constantly dreading something. And, and we're gonna make some jokes about, about anxiety because we kinda need to sometimes, but I don't want to joke about it as a whole. I think too often it's made light of, and, and I'll do that a little bit today just to break some tension, but I want us to make sure that we recognize that Anxiety is a very real thing. Uh, I heard someone once, that, once say that, that anxiety is when the unknowable and the uncontrollable tag team up. And I was like, man, if that's not the perfect explanation of what anxiety is, it's when things that we can't control and we can't know, but we want to know and we want to control and we can't do either, and that makes us really, really stressed out. Causes worry, causes anxiety, and causes fear. And so this morning we're going to look at Paul in the book of Philippians and how he tells the Philippian church to handle anxiety. How he challenges that church to have peace in every situation. So we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. So go ahead and turn there for me if you have your Bibles. I apologize it won't be up on the screen today, um, but you can listen along, get, on, get your phone out, a tablet, or your Bible and follow along with us. In Philippians chapter 4, read just a few verses here, starting in Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Well, that's difficult. Then let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't. About anything. At all. A single, tiny, little thing. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but every time I read that, I'm like, I need some of that kind of peace in my life. So I looked up as many, and I'm not going to say all of them because there's a chance that I could have missed some, but I looked up as many verses as I could about worry and fear and anxiety in the Bible. And the Bible... Sometimes the Bible can be really hard to understand in different sections. The Bible is really not hard to understand in what it tells us about anxiety and worry and fear. Don't. 
That's it. Now, there's some, there's some, some here that says, don't have anxiety, but do this. But the, the overarching idea is stop. Stop. Stop having anxiety. And, and in a couple weeks, we'll talk about the, the verse that says that to cast your cares on God. And I love, I love the older translations, cast your cares because he cares. Well, I've, I've done that. Literally, in youth group one time, we wrote them on paper, wadded them up, and threw them at a cross. Like I did. I cast my cares on you and still felt anxious. I was talking with one of our leaders in the youth group, and he was t- saying that, that um, he remembers talking with, we call them, um, like, just some, some, those believers who've been believing for as long as belief has been a thing. And they would talk about not just praying for peace, but praying until you had peace. Like, oh, that's a, that, let's do that. I've got three kids. I don't got that kind of time. I can't pray for 94 straight hours to receive peace. I need some peace now in this moment. I need to get rid of this anxiety, get rid of this worry. So real quick, Matthew 6 tells us, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't do it. Don't be anxious about tomorrow because today is enough. Don't even, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that test you guys have tomorrow. Don't worry about that interview you have tomorrow. Don't worry about that that meeting you have tomorrow, don't worry about, don't, 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 just don't. Luke 12 tells us, don't be anxious about anything in your life, what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna wear, where you're gonna live. Don't be anxious about any of that kind of stuff. And John 14 goes even farther to say, don't even let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be stirred up. Don't let anything get to your heart to stir it up to make you anxious. And at that point in my studying, I was ready to quit. Because all of this seems so incredibly impossible in today's world. In today's world, we are taught to be anxious. Everything around us teaches us to be and have and do more. Be and have and do more. Be and have and do. You have to do more. You have to be more. And, and I'm sorry, but the church is not always any better at it. You have to be and do and have more. We, whether, it's, whether it's people or space or money or this or that, or you always have to have more. And that creates a lot of anxiety within each and every one of us. Now, there's, there's two different kinds of anxiety I want to I talk about real quick, Okay. When we'll use the podium as a, as a break. Over here, we have the anxiety that is um, what is referred to as clinical anxiety, okay? It is the uncontrollable anxiety that comes over someone that is due to chemical or um, chemical imbalances. I can't think of the word. Chemical imbalances in the body that is usually controlled by medication, okay? That's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about the day-to-day anxiety that comes with simply being alive, Okay? Giant difference. Now, it's a giant difference, but the problem is it feels the same. Because anxiety is not scalable. It's not comparable. I will, get, I will get equally anxious about thinking about having to prepare to pay for my children to go to college. Equal amount of anxiety as, did I wear this shirt last time I preached? It's not scalable. It's not comparable. Anxiety is anxiety. There's not levels. Once anxiety hits, you're anxious. It's like pregnant. You're not a little pregnant. 
You either are or you are not. Same with anxiety. You either are or are not anxious or worried. There's no middle ground. And we try and live in this middle ground of like, well, I will control my anxiety. And that's what we've all tried to do. We've all tried to control our anxiousness, our worries, our fears. And it's like having a pet lion that you're just like, it's so, I can control him. It's fine. Why are you bleeding? Well, he bit me yesterday, but it's fine. I can control him. He loves me. Like, we, that's what we do. We drag around this lion that's like trying to eat us the whole time and thinking that we can control it. And, and here's, ready? Ready? Here's how we know that's flawed. If you could, you already would have. Right? If you could control your anxiety, you'd be anxiety-free right now. But here's the deal. I'm not going to make you, but if you were to be honest, raising hands, how many of you talking about anxiety right now is making you anxious? Yeah, me too. Exactly. <laughs> but now I'm telling you, you're trying to control your anxiety, do some deep breathing, and there, there's great different techniques, okay? to limit and lower your anxiety, but I want to live in a world where I don't have to do that. I want to believe in a God who says, don't worry about anything, and I can actually do that. I want to believe that God is big enough to help each and every one of us to not just deal with and control our anxiety, but completely get rid of it. Expecting a little more excitement, but that's okay. We'll get there. It's because it's we started, I know. Worship's first, I know. That builds the excitement. But I want to live in a world without anxiety. That we don't have to wake up in the morning and the first thing we do is measure our level of anxiety for the day. Because the Bible says get rid of it. The Bible says get rid of it. The other thing that we try and do with our anxiety, we try and control it, but we also try and understand it. Because if I can just understand what causes my anxiety, then I can, you know, not do those things. My struggle, and maybe yours is different, my struggle is the thing that causes me anxiety is living. The art of being alive in today's world causes me anxiety. You know what causes me anxiety? Being married. You know what causes me anxiety? Having children. You know what causes me anxiety? Having a job. I'll just stop all those things. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. God's good. He'll take care of it. We can't just figure it out. We can't just understand the things that give us anxiety and just stop doing them. Because if it was, all of us, whether you're, if you're a mountain person or a beach person, you're living on the beach, homeless, it's great. I am anxiety-free. I haven't eaten in a month, but I'm anxiety-free. And this is what caught my attention in this verse. This is what absolutely jumped out to me when I first started reading this verse, is it's peace that goes beyond our understanding to equal the anxiety that goes beyond our understanding. God says, I'm going to give you peace that you can't even fathom or understand to connect with, to overcome the anxiety that you can't understand either. So stop trying to understand either. I know, I've, I know for like the really smart people in this room, not figuring things out is, is really a challenge. I want you to like turn the brain off, okay? This isn't a thinking through it kind of thing. This is allowing God to come in to situations that we've done our very best to keep him out of. 
Because the other thing connected with anxiety is shame. That's why we don't talk about it. That's why in small groups, you have to have a very special group of people in your small group for it to be a place where you can talk about anxiety. Because as Christians, we know what the Bible says. We know the Bible says over and over and over, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. So therefore, when I'm anxious, I can't talk about it because that's sin and that's shame and I can't do that. So we've got to wipe away this shame of being anxious about things and learn to do it together. But as I was studying all of Philippians, I noticed that there was this phrase that kept coming back up over and over and over. In fact, it comes up 12 times in the four chapters of Philippians. It's this phrase, in Christ. Now I was telling, I teach uh, Bible class at HCS, and I was telling them that when it says Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. It wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ. Christ is his title. His name is Jesus, okay? So when it says in Christ, it means in Jesus, in the Lord. And what it shows us is that this peace is supernatural. This peace is not something that you can work for. This is not something that you can, you can sing enough songs and attend enough church services and do all these things. You have to commit your life to being in Christ. That's really really difficult because when we're in Christ his will matters more than our will when we're in Christ his wants matter more than our wants when we're in Christ the things that the Bible tells us to do that may be uncomfortable are more important than the things that make us comfortable and that's part of why we have anxiety all the time is because we don't read this all that often and when we don't read it we're certainly not applying it and we're missing out on things that the Bible has instructed us to do for our benefit for our blessing now it's not a prosperity gospel it's not a, I pray this and do that and then God gives me 68 million dollars that's not why it works what it does though is when we begin to live as the way Christ wants us to live when we live in Christ living the way that he lived um, trying to do the life that he did all of a sudden our worries become secondary to our mission. So I started off talking about and praying about that each one of us, God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. I have found that one of the best ways to get rid of anxiety is to dive headfirst into the mission that God has given me. Chasing after what God has intended for me to do because all of a sudden I'm only worried about that. I'm not worried about all the things in life that worry each and every one of us. And when we're in Christ, there are four areas of our life that come into focus. Now, what I'm not trying to do, please hear this, I'm not trying to say, do these four things and you'll be anxiety-free. If you see a book, The Seven Ways to Defeat Anxiety, don't buy that book, okay? Because it's going to tell you things you already know. Because we've all heard messages, we've all heard things, and we, there's enough talk about anxiety. What it comes down to is are we going to place our life in Christ and make him the central focus of our world? Because listen to Philippians 4, 4 through 7 in the message version. It says, celebrate God every day. No, I'm sorry, celebrate God all day 
every day. I mean revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Do not fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Here you go. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Because when Jesus was most anxious in his entire existence here on earth, in his 33 years, the time he was most anxious, it is amazing that what he did is he got by himself and he prayed to the Father. He took all that anxiety and he wrapped it up into a prayer and said, God, I don't want to do this. This is really hard. It's really scary. It's really going to hurt. I don't want to do this. And then he gave us the perfect example of what it means to be in Christ. But God, not what I want, but what you want. And he walked out and he faced the crucifixion without anxiety. He faced the most horrible part of his life without fear. Because he got by himself and demonstrated for us what it looks like to be in Christ. Taking all of that anxiety and wrapping it up into prayer. So the first area of our life that begins to be awakened the more we place ourselves in Christ is the act of thanksgiving. In Philippians 4, Paul tells us that specifically in verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, which is what we do when we start with having anxiety, we begin to pray, God, take away my anxiety, take away my anxiety, take away my anxiety, amen. And we forget what I think is probably the most important part of the verse when it comes to dealing with anxiety is with thanksgiving. Oh, God, thank you for just start naming things. Just start naming the things that you can be thankful for. The first one, thank you that I'm breathing today. Thank you that you've given me this day. Thank you for the ground I'm walking on. Thank you for the legs that work that allow me to walk. Thank you for the lungs that work that allow me to breathe. Thank you for this building. Thank you for these lights. Thank you for these people. And you just begin to thank him and thank him and thank him. And all of a sudden you're worried about thinking of things to thank him for and not worried about your worries. Because it says Jesus oftentimes would distance himself, would isolate himself from the people so that he could pray. And I truly believe part of it was if he's human and he's tempted in all the ways that we're tempted, he dealt with anxiety, worry, and fear. He had to. And I truly believe that part of him getting away was exactly what he did in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, God, I don't want to do this, is he would go by himself and I truly believe he would pray, Thank you, God, for these 12 guys. Even though he knew one was going to betray him, he still thanked God for him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Over and over again, find reasons to thank God. Because so much of our anxiety comes from when we compare. When we want more, we have to do more. Thank him for what you have now. Paul in Philippians also tells us that he learned to be content in all things. 
Whether he had much or he had little, he grew to be content in all things. And the only way to do that is to be thankful for what you have every moment you have it. Now, I'm also one that believes you have not because you ask not. So ask for the better things. Ask God for him. Believe for him. I'll pray with you. If you want the new job, let's pray for the new job. Let's do it right now. But also be thankful for the job you have. You need that raise? Let's pray for it. Let's believe in it. Let's do it. But also be thankful for the money you have now. Living anxiety-free doesn't mean that you can't believe God for more. It just means that that more doesn't bring anxiety and worry and fear. Number two, when we are in Christ, we truly understand where our righteousness comes from. This is a giant one in church when it comes to anxiety. As much as we, we, want, we may theologically understand that we have a grace salvation, we still live as though we have a works salvation. We are all constantly trying to prove to God that he didn't waste his grace on us. And that brings a lot of anxiety. In Philippians chapter 3, turn back there just a little bit. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 4. Paul spells this out perfectly for us. Philippians 3, starting in verse 4, he says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered in loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. The longer that we be believe that our works bring us righteousness, the more anxiety we're going to have. We are broken people. Our righteousness is rubbish. The righteousness we have comes from God himself. And that's why we have to be in Christ. And when we do that, we begin to understand that I have no righteousness of my own. The fact that I've ever done anything righteous in my entire life is a testament of how great God is. The Bible tells us that he not only has us for things to do, he gives us the will to do it. I don't have the will in myself to do anything righteous. God gives me that. To be found in Christ means to be given the will to do what is right. 2 Corinthians 5.21, I'm going to read it to you real quick. I'll turn there, 2 Corinthians 5, that's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, tells us, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Your righteousness is God's righteousness. You don't have to earn it, 
You don't have to work for it. Stop trying. That brings anxiety and worry. Number three, the more that we place our life in Christ, we forget the past and move forward. Because a lot of our anxiety and worry comes from this idea, I hope no one ever finds out. I hope no one ever finds out that that moment in my life, I hope no one ever finds out that happened. So I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to do this weird little dance around it to make sure you're distracted so that you never ever see that part of my life. That's why if you, if you get to know me, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you all the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things I've ever done in my life. Here's why. Because if you know them, the enemy can no longer torment me with them. I have brought them to the light. Because that's what the enemy loves to do. You better be careful because if you're not, if you don't, I'll tell them. That's what the enemy tells us. I'll make sure they know your darkest secret. You want to know how I defeat that? Here's my darkest secret. Enjoy. Hope you still love me. And, then, and the enemy's like, oh, he's got nothing. Because he just works in things that are still in the dark. That's why the Bible tells us to confess our sins one to another. So that you may be healed. So the enemy can't torment you anymore. In Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Scripture tells us that God takes our sin as far as the east is from the west. In the book of Hebrews, it quotes Isaiah when it says that, in fact, he remembers our sin no more. So why do we? Why do we have so much anxiety and worry and fear about the sins of our past? I don't know how an all-knowing God can forget things. That's his business. But he chooses to not remember them. And so many of us are living in this one moment of our life. We're responding to everything that's going on now from this one moment in our history. Because it's that moment that we feel like defines us. And I'm here to tell you, in the name of Jesus, that is dead. If you have said yes to Jesus, the thing that defines you is his grace, is his love, is his righteousness, is his peace that goes beyond understanding. That does not define you. Leave it behind and move forward, anxiety-free. And the fourth one, I'm gonna have the worship team go ahead and come on up at this point in my closing. It's actually my closing. I do this to the students all the time. I tell them it's my closing because then they pay attention. I've only been like five minutes into my message. So they just have like eight closings with the youth group. But for you, this is an actual closing The other one, the last part, the number four, which I think honestly is probably the most important. When we are in Christ, this aspect of our life that raises greatly is our ability to rejoice. 
I said 12 times in Philippians it says in Christ, eight times it says to rejoice. It says to rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Again I say rejoice, rejoice in all things. And here's what's nuts. Here's the amazing part of worship and just music. The moment that someone begins playing an instrument behind what I'm saying, what I'm saying feels so much more important. Right? You do. Like, that's why at the end of all of our messages, if you ever go listen to them online, there's music in the background because the closing, it just, it's got this something to it. Because music has this ability to get inside of us. Melodies, simple melodies and simple tunes and simple words, they get inside of us and they can shift our perspective. Because guys, that's what we're talking about here. We're just shifting. Because the part of this verse that frustrates me so much is God never once mentions that he's going to take away anything that causes you anxiety. I dislike that greatly and I brought it up to him. I did. We're friends. He calls me a friend. I can tell him, hey, it'd be much easier if you would just take away the anxiety. And he goes, how about you rejoice through it? Because God's ultimate concern is not, (laughs) I'm sorry, God's ultimate concern is not my happiness. God's ultimate concern is, am I walking step by step, sometimes inch by inch, towards being more like Jesus? And sometimes it's in that anxiety-filled season, that worry-filled season where I feel like everything is out of control. If I can stand with arms raised and worship God in the middle of it, I am becoming more like Jesus. Songs help us forget the past, remind us of God's righteousness, and give us words of thanksgiving. There's something powerful when God's people defiantly stand up in the face of their anxiety and say, you don't control me. I don't worship you anymore. You are not the central focus of my life. That space is reserved for Jesus. And in this moment, I'm going to stand and I'm going to raise my arms And I'm going to praise God in the middle of this nonsense, in the middle of this mess that keeps me up at night, that causes me to be so afraid of the day. In the middle of that, I'm going to say no. And with thanksgiving, recognizing that I don't have a single bit of righteousness on my own, so thank you, God, that you have made me righteous. And forgetting all of that junk that used to define me and standing in the grace of God, I will worship I will rejoice. And this is why we're closing with worship is so that we can do this this morning. Because I want all of you, because all of us are born with this little bit inside of us that if someone tells us you have to go left, we want to go right. We are born with a defiant streak inside of us that I believe that God wants to use in this very moment. As the enemy is telling you that you are too anxious to pray, that you are too worried to worship, that there is too much going on, God's not good enough for you to lift up your voice, to lift up your hands to him in worship, you defiantly say, you don't tell me what I can and cannot do. 
My God is bigger than that. My God is better than that. And my God has saved me from that moment that you wanted to find me as and brought me into his grace. And this morning, everyone stand with me. Everyone stand. We're gonna stand together. And we're gonna sing with everything we've got, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in the face of our anxiety, in the face of our worry, in the face of our fear, we're gonna rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. God, this morning, help us to look directly in the face of our anxiety, not push it away, not push it to the side, but look it directly in the face and worship in spite of it. God, that we are called to be people of peace. We are called to be people of freedom. And so this morning, I break anxiety over each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, in the power of the blood of Jesus, I speak healing over this body, freedom from anxiety, freedom from worry, freedom from fear, so that we can rejoice in the power of God, that we can rejoice in the freedom of God. And this morning, let us do that. Amen.